everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are revisiting a personal favorite of ours, which is Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. And oh my god, rereading this book was such a ride. It was so good. <laughs> so good, guys. Like, <laughs> if you haven't read this book, please read it. Like, yeah. we're gonna spoil stuff, but like, you want to mm-hmm. read this book. I would say, I would say, don't let us spoil it for you. Please oh. go read it. <laughs> oh, so go ahead, pa- listen to the news, and then pause this and come back if you haven't read it, because it's it's a ride, a ride. But before we get to that, we do have some new stuff. So Pride Month still going on. Um, we do have our brand new Pride Designs out. All of the money we make from the Pride Designs will be going towards the Homeless Black Trans Women's Fund. Um, so be sure to check some of that stuff out if you like. We're going to have one more design, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But then we also wanted to say, please be sending us in your stories. Um, We'd love to hear from you guys. If you want to wax poetic about Dark Disciple, um, please do. (laughs) Or anything. We know that Star Wars isn't necessarily on the forefront of everybody's minds right now, but please use lipstick and lightsabers just to tell us your stories. Tell us about your fandom. Tell us things that you're really interested in, because we really want to hear from you guys. So with that, um, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back is coming. I think we all expected this. Yes, I think we did too. I, I think the day before there was some rumors that there was going to be some sort of announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that I knew that that's what it was going to be, but it was very exciting. Nonetheless, um, both of us have, you haven't read the entire book of the, no, the I, I read, you, you told me specific ones to read, and those <laughs> are the ones that I read. Yeah, I, I mean, like, 40 short stories, 40 different authors, you're gonna have good ones, you're gonna have bad ones, you're gonna have ones in between, like, that's just the way a book is like, like, like that is gonna go, um, and there's some really, really good stories in the first one, and I think we're very excited for this one. Yeah, there are some really great authors the for author this. List. <laughs> um, so our friend Sarah from Friends of the Force, she was keeping track of like everything as it was being announced. Like her master thread was so yeah. helpful. And I think like wasn't it like almost fifty percent are women or over fifty percent? Um, at the point when she had collected all the authors that had like pre hinted at being a part of it there were more women but now that we have the whole list i'm not sure how it's yeah up. i i i'm not sure either i mean i have the list in front of me but it's a, a lot to count mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of women authors um i believe one non-binary yeah. and then so many um people of color like it's a mm-hmm. very diverse list and some of our favorite authors who have never written Star Wars are included in this. I died. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, S.A. Chakraborty, she is a new adult. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> She's a new adult author. Um, she wrote the City of Brass um, Devabud trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one just came out. I haven't read it yet. Alex yeah. just read... Um, the first two, right? I'm still in the middle of the second one. Yes. And I keep refreshing my library app to see if the third one has popped up yet. I So I listened to the first two. I think I might read 
Kingdom of Copper. I know it's going to be super long, and I know it's going to be a lot, but, like, I have nothing but time. (laughs) Might as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But she is so good. And listen, guys, the main (laughs) ship in that book is... um, Pretty Rilo. It's pretty yes. Rilo. <laughs> I, I really like um, Shannon Shockerboardy. She's really, really awesome. Um, and then also Kirsten White. She did the Andi Darken series, which is a gender bent Vlad the Impaler. One of the best series I've ever read. Yeah. I'm not recommended enough. And the, the idea was just so original. It felt so fresh reading that. Oh, so good. <laughs> Did you read um, her Frankenstein book? No, I've only oh, read, you gotta that, read that series. Oh, you got to read that one too. Yeah, it's, um, it's the same kind of thing where she takes like that classic tale, but then she puts like a more feminine view twist to it. It's really, really cool. Um, her new series is about Guinevere from like the Arthurian legends. Was I wasn't as super into okay. the first one, Sounds but the cool. second one's getting ready to come out, <laughs> so I'm I'm excited about it. I'm interested in where it's going. Basically, mm-hmm. it's um an interesting twist on the yeah. Arthurian legends. It's very interesting. So I'm I'm really excited about them. And one notable author here is R.F. Quang, and she has expressed interest in writing Tico sisters in the past. Yes. So that is exciting because she has never written Star Wars before, and now she's dipping her foot in, and potentially maybe she'll get her wish granted, hopefully. Oh, please. Please. I need that so <laughs> I, bad. I haven't read The Poppy War, but I, I'm on hold for it at the library. Yeah, I put it on hold as well. Mm-hmm. I've heard... Um, good things about it. And she's pretty young. She's like 24. Um, she's younger yeah. than me. Like she, <laughs> she's very young and like she is very, very smart. I'm very excited to see this. There are a lot of um, new authors um, included in this list yeah. and some returning ones. Um, mm-hmm. Christy Golden, um, Zoraida Cordova is going to be in it. Um, yeah. Jason Fry. Amy Radcliffe has never published fiction before, which is really exciting. I'm so excited for her. Beth Revis is coming back. She did the Jen Erso book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read her, one of her young adult contemporary novels, um, which yeah. was pretty good. So I'm, I'm excited to see more from her. Claudia Gray is missing from this list, but I imagine <sighs> she is very busy with some other, <laughs> some other books. Yes, I, I would <laughs> imagine so. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we do have Daniel Jose Older in this list, though. Yeah, who's but that's part why of I'm saying, and it's not only... It's not only him. I think there's someone else. Oh, Kevin. I see it. Kevin. Yeah, other people who are part of Luminous. And it makes me wonder, like, what else are you working on? <laughs> well, Kevin and Daniel, I think, are doing more of the comics. Okay. So I wonder if maybe that has to kind of mm-hmm. do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, uh, Justina thought... Ireland's not on here. Yeah, Carl I w- Soul's not. I was going to say... I think Justina made a tweet about this, but she didn't confirm she was part of it. So she's yeah, fine. yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't know what else Justina's working on other than Project Luminous because her Dread Nation series is all over. So I don't know what her next that, series is going to be. Did you see her tweet the other day saying something about like there could be another book? Even I though don't know about that, <laughs> it's supposed to be a duology, but. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I am all for more adventures with Catherine and Jane. Um, I think it came to a pretty good conclusion, though. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to see how that goes. 
Um, but I think the biggest surprise out of this list is that Hank Green is writing a story. Yeah. That's adorable. <laughs> I love the Vlogbrothers. They're adorable. Um, but we do know that his story is about a naturalist caring for the Tauntauns on Hoth. So that'll be... <laughs> Sounds cool. That'll be interesting. I was going to say Martha Wells is writing um, Ugnaughts, which I think Ooh. could be really interesting now knowing that we have a main character Ugnaught from The Mandalorian. Yes. I'm I'm very ex- I'm more excited about this than I ever was for the first one and yeah. I think it has it definitely has to do with the authors it's mm-hmm. just oh I'm really excited it's a really good group yeah that is coming out November 10th so we do still have a little ways to wait for it but that's going to be pretty exciting coming out in the fall also coming out in the fall is Star Wars Squadrons so the newest video game for Xbox and PS4 and P- I don't know if they said it was coming out on PS4. Yeah, it's just that I like EA. Um, they have a partnership with Xbox, I guess, so they're only supposed uh, to market it with the Xbox. But it is coming out on PS4. I'm not sure. Got you. Okay, so yeah, um, Fallen Order did that also. You never saw Fallen Order marketed with PS4. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So, Star Wars Squadrons uh, for the Xbox and PS4 coming out October 2nd. Uh, It looks pretty cool. I think it's going to be an exciting game. You can play the whole thing in VR. Uh, I would like to know more about the story. Yeah. (laughs) I think both of us are pretty, like, just meh on it. Like, in the sense where it looks cool, but it doesn't, like, really bring us in like Fallen Order did. <laughs> yeah, which, and I'm not expecting it to be anything like Fallen Order. Yeah. Um, I, I'm waiting with bated breath for when they announce more Fallen Order stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's interesting that this story is going to be set, um, it's in that kind of weird period where, like, it's after Return of the Jedi, but the Empire is still falling before the Battle of Jakku kind of thing. Um, it's supposed to tie in with Alphabet Squadron. Um, Hera Syndulla is in it. Uh, you, there's lots of different types of ships. I really like all of the planets, all of the visuals. I think it's going to be a really cool game, and it'll probably be really fun to play. I'm just interested to know if there's going to be that bigger story yeah. element, or if it's just about the dogfighting. Yeah, and Ray Sloan's in it. <gasps> yes, that was kind of cool. I was, I was excited mm-hmm. about that. I just... I, I'm... Neither of us are gamers, really. I did play Fallen Order, but I don't consider myself a gamer. <laughs> the flying, just, like, a flying game doesn't really intrigue me as, me as much. It looks too hard yeah, for me. Yeah, too hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like we said, we're just, we, we're not gamers, so we don't know. But it does yeah. look cool. And I'm excited um, that other people are really excited about it. It makes yeah. me happy when people get excited about Star Wars, especially right now. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 nice to see different kinds of Star Wars games coming out. Like it's it's good to see the combat ones. It's good to see full story ones. It's good to see flying ones. They're giving everyone what they want, basically. Um, I am concerned about their use of Hera all the time these days. Yeah, <laughs> I would like a 
a Hera POV book. <laughs> yeah. I, like, they're always just putting her in as an Easter egg, and she doesn't really serve a purpose other than, hey, look, it's Harrison Dula. Hey, look, here she is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think she deserves more than just, like, shout outs. So hopefully she'll get something. Well, and as of this episode coming out, uh, the next Alphabet Squadron book, um, Shadowfall, is out. And neither one of us were super excited about it, but we've been seeing some weird hype about it. Yeah, talking about, I was going to say, Friends of the Forest podcast has been tweeting some things. Yeah, so (laughs) I'm like, I'm looking. (laughs) I, I want to be excited about this book because, like, Alphabet Squadron wasn't bad it was just it wasn't not, for me yeah it wasn't my taste <laughs> yeah. so it was kind of hard to get through so I, I was a little bit hesitant going into Shadowfall um I did order it though so like we are gonna read it um I'm yeah. more intrigued now though I haven't ordered it I'm gonna try to get it from the library hopefully Which that I, works is out so smart like <laughs> <laughs> I well, might I, still try to see if I can get yeah, the audiobook I did not buy the first one, so. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest news um, that has come out over the past two weeks is that Star Wars Celebration Anaheim has been officially canceled for 2020, which we all knew was coming. Um, the new date has been set for August 18th through the 21st in 2022. It's so far away. It is very far away. <laughs> And, like, we knew this was coming. We knew Celebration was going to get canceled. I just didn't think it was going to be two years postponed. Um, That does make the most sense, though. Like, I'm glad that it's going to give them lots of time to make sure that everything's safe and everything's good. But, like, oh, God, that is so far away. (laughs) Yeah. Because even as things become... I don't want to say back to normal because it'll be a new normal. Cons are going to be, like, the last thing that can really go back to their norm. Because Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's just so many people in one place. Celebrities are not going to want to be there. Like, they want to make sure that this event can be, like, at, like the full potential that it can be. So I understand the two-year thing. It's just sad. (laughs) Yeah, well, and it makes sense because, like, we had wondered if they were trying to do, like, Celebration D23 in alternating years. So if they were going to push it back, it does make sense that they would wait and put it, like, when it would have happened again anyway. Um, Yeah, because I bet, like, I bet even if Celebration this year had happened they still would have announced that same date for 2022. Yeah, I I think that that's just how it's going to be now, um, which I'm also fine with. So we are definitely still planning on attending in 2022. Um, We hope to see you guys because we (laughs) cannot stress this. Yeah, we cannot stress (laughs) this enough, though. Like, Celebration is so much fun, and it really is an amazing experience. So, like, if you can go... Like, I really recommend going. Yeah. We want to try to go to D23 if they're having it next year. If and it's, it's safe to safe. go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just it's because like we plans, need to yeah. plan. <laughs> P- 
plans are up in the air. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, the plan is that we want to go to D23 if that is a plausible thing that can happen safely. At this point, I don't know what next summer is looking like. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows. Because um, they haven't said yeah. either. D23 did officially, they, they said that the next one would be in 2021. At the last one. They didn't say dates, mm-hmm. though. So they can still pull that back if they need to. Yeah. I'm really hoping that by next summer, like, we have more, like, safety and guidelines in place. I honestly have no idea looking at things right now. Yeah. Um, but if it is happening and it's safe to go, we do really want to go. Um, there have been rumors that there might be more Star Wars announcements. Um you know, considering that Celebration gets passed over this year, so that would be really exciting. Um, we are still big Disney fans. Uh, yeah. We really like Spider-Man. <laughs> and we really like Disney princesses. <laughs> and High School Spider-Man Musical, Musical is technically series. Sony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's still Marvel. So... Tom yeah. Holland is going to be there, and he'll be an adult man, so... <laughs> What is he right now? Um, I mean, he's, he's like, almost an adult man. <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, um, so yeah, 2022, long way away. Um, there was supposed to be a Star Wars night during Celebration. You can call and get a refund for that. Originally, those tickets were non-refundable, but since the um, convention has been canceled, you can call and get your tickets refunded. So the gallery has now come to an end. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm really sad. I really enjoyed the gallery. Because now, like, between now and October, all we're going to have is publishing. Which I'm not complaining about because we, Lipstick and Lightsabers, love books. Yes. (laughs) But (laughs) it'll be weird. It'll be weird to just be in publishing for a while. Um, I guess we also have the Jedi Temple Trial Challenge or whatever it's called. We didn't put that on here. Um, So pure. So cute. So good. (laughs) (laughs) I love. I want to sneak into that. It's so cute. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We can dress up as like 14 year olds and like. We would pass. Yeah. We could pass. Like we're very short. I think we'd be fine. But the gallery, so the last two episodes um, were about the score and then connections, deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, I, like, the connection episode was nice. <laughs> was it my favorite? No. no. <laughs> but what I did like about it was that clearly the only person who cared was John Favreau. <laughs> And, and he even tried to boast about it to George Lucas, and George was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, George was like, uh, not really. Like, I didn't actually work on that, so I don't care at all. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, and I man. also really liked that um, even Dave threw in some shade where he's like, it's not like a, a wink, wink, gotcha. I'm just using the universe. Oh, man. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. The score was was a beautiful episode. It was. I I really loved just how they would talk about the music. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially, like, we've seen so many people who, like, got into Star Wars because of the music, like Christy Carew, and, like, have become composers. So I really loved that they were, like, 
letting you know new people come in and work on this and create it was really cool Mm -hmm. i'm just sad because we don't have dave telling us about star wars once a week and i need that in my life (laughs) and there's been some rumors floating around about some animated shows there have been confirmed yeah um so i don't really have anything to say about it because you know, Star Wars rumors. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder if they were going to announce something at Celebration. I, I'm i not sure that they would. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, whatever's next, like, they're, they're already working on it. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, before we move into Dark Disciple, this is kind of going to transition into that. So on October 25th, there is an anthology coming out. Um, August. Called- August, not October, August 25th, um, there's an anthology coming out called Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark. Um, I recently finished reading it. Um, There's one story that is missing that I'm very excited to get to, but I do want to say, don't pass this book up because it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not, it's an anthology, so, like, some stories are better than others, but for the most part, like, the stories I, like, the characters I really cared about, I really, mm-hmm. really liked their stories. And there is one about Ventress that I think ties in really well with Dark Disciple. So, like, if you're going to reread the book or if you're, like, just reading Dark Disciple, like, it's a really good way to have them go hand in hand. So, I really recommend it. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it when it's out, um, but it, it's good. So, keep your eye out, out for that. And is that, like, a middle grade, would you say? Yeah, I, I would. It's it's like retellings of episodes. So think like how you would see the Clone Wars, but like novelized, I guess. Um, and so some stories do like POV better than others. Um, but I would definitely say like, yeah, middle grade probably. So I think we're ready to talk about the amazing Dark Disciple. <laughs> like we said at the beginning, there are going to be spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled, and you probably don't want to be spoiled, um, go read the book, the whole thing, and then come back, because this book is amazing. Um, I do want to say, the first time I read it, I had seen none of the Clone Wars, and I still loved it, and it was still fine. I've had a couple of people ask me about this, so if you haven't seen the Clone Wars, or haven't seen all of the Clone Wars, like, you're fine. You don't need it. Yeah, you don't need it. Like, I, I didn't know who Voss was, I didn't know, ex- like, everything about Ventress, but, like... It was fine. Now, reading it again after consuming more content, it hits way harder. <laughs> but it's still very good, even if you haven't, like, seen everything. I think even, like, we both read this pretty early on when we started consuming everything. Yeah. So, like, after The Last Jedi came out is really when we dove into a lot of the books. I read a couple before The Last Jedi, but I didn't consume a lot of them. And so this was one of the first ones I read after The Last Jedi, but now it hits even harder and, and like, just, like, now you can compare it to a lot of the other books, too, in, like, ranking, and this one ranks so high. So high. Mm -hmm. Like, this one has always been one of my favorites, but, like, reading it again, like, it's just... It's so good. It was really interesting to kind of compare it to uh, Master and Apprentice, yeah. And, like, Jedi Lost, because it kind of exists it in, like, exists a similar in, time. in that bubble, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's we get so much about obi-wan there's so much about like the fall of the jedi in this um because if you Mm -hmm. don't know like dark disciple is unaired episodes of the clone wars and it's an arc about ventress it's an arc about Voss and them coming together and trying to kill dooku which we know if you've seen revenge of the sith they're not going to kill dooku but it is the journey of like them going about it and all I can think about is if, like, this had actually aired, it would have broken, like, everybody's mind. Yeah, and it, it, I, I'm trying to imagine, imagine it in animation form and it being so dark and just so, yeah. like, risky. It's, it's so, it's so dramatic. It's very emotional. Like, this would have been a lot, I feel like. And I'm not sure how many episodes it is. Like, it feels like a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. Must be three or four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at least four. It's it's a lot going on here. Um, the forward in this is by Katie Lucas. Uh, she worked on these episodes, like, in writing them. She also wrote a lot of, if not all of, the Dathomir episodes and all, like, the Sister stuff. Um, the forward is just so good. Like, she said, at its core, Dark Disciple is a story of redemption, a story of how people can be unbelievably broken and yet find a way to rebuild despite the odds. Like, wow. So where did Katie Lucas go? <laughs> yeah, where is she? And can she come back? <laughs> like, is she working on Marin stuff? <laughs> well, like, <laughs> okay, like, if I go to her IMDb... The last thing she's worked on is Clone Wars 2014. Yeah. So where did she go? Knowing that she worked on this and, like, had such a heavy hand in the Night Sisters and Dathomir and building all that up, and then, like, this book is written by Christy Golden, so she adapted it into a novel. It just, the femme gaze is really on point, and it just, there's so much weight to all of the characters in this like it it's hard it's hard to describe like mm-hmm. how realistic these characters feel yeah. and like how connected like coming out of this book the second time like Ventress is probably one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. and there's depth to this book that I, I've been finding a lot of books lately have not had mm-hmm. and I think it has something to do with like how we've been saying that Lucasfilm Publishing, somehow, they kind of, like, miss, like, the age group demographic that they're trying to hit. Like, they really don't categorize their books well. And I think that this book really does feel, like, more mature. And and I think that's what we've been kind of asking for with a lot of the newer books. Yeah, like, the way that this book is written and, like, the themes in it is, like, exactly what I think we've been missing for, like, a Padme book. Mm-hmm. Um, Because this is a tragic story, and Padme's story is also inherently tragic. Um, I, I would love to see something more aged up for her, something more dramatic, a little bit darker. Um, it is kind of funny to think about because, like, these are, you know, adapted episodes of The Clone Wars, which is for kids, But, like, there are so many themes in The Clone Wars that, like, go above and beyond, like, just a kid's show. Like, that's something I really love about Dave. Like, he really understands that, like, 
kids are going to get it and gravitate towards it, but, like, there's something in it for everybody. And, like, even as you get older, like, it's going to stay with you because there's more stuff you're going to pull out of it. Yeah. And it's a show that's meant to be watched as a family that everyone gets something out of. Yeah, it's it's so good. I, I would definitely say, like, this is not a kid's book. <laughs> um, no. If you are a younger fan who loves the Clone Wars, this is a little bit more adult. There's nothing adult inherently in it, but it's a lot darker. Yeah, it's darker, it's violent at times, it's mature. Like, the themes, the, the feelings that are being had by these characters aren't... Is, it's way deeper than a lot of the other books yes way way deeper like if i was going to compare it to anything like really the only things that jump out to me would be like master and apprentice um yeah maybe lost stars um lost stars i would say is a little bit more like ya Mm -hmm. um christy golden's other book inferno squad oh yeah also this is why we love christy golden like she just she really digs down in there where did she go (laughs) well she's she's writing for uh, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. So She's still there. She's the triumphant return. <laughs> <laughs> so this book starts off with a Jedi trying to save um, this race of people called the Moran, but it all goes wrong. Everything falls apart. And the Jedi Council decides that the only way to stop this war, to stop the Clone Wars, is to kill Dooku, is to send an assassin out to kill him which already this is a big thing for the jedi they're not supposed to do this type of thing like they're not supposed to have assassins and go kill people yeah red flags go up and you're yeah, like red flags immediately <laughs> even obi-wan like obi-wan is your like um moral like he feels like a narrator even like yeah. he really does yeah like every time you like you check in with the council it's always from sometimes it's from ventress but normally it's from obi-wan's perspective and every time they say something like we need to assassinate dooku or we're gonna execute this person he's like whoa whoa red flag whoa (laughs) let me just say i love obi-wan in this book (laughs) i like man it's books like this and um just the Clone Wars in general that just like make me love, love Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. Kenobi so much. <laughs> so much. Uh, he's a baby. But he decides, like, okay, if somebody's gonna do this, it's gotta be not your typical Jedi. So yeah. he decides that Quinlan Voss is gonna be their assassin. Yeah, pulls this name of the hat, basically. He is unconventional. He's playful he i think he uses the word playful to describe him yeah he's so funny. he yeah so it's it's almost like later on the book he's questioning how someone so playful and relatable could fall to the dark side yeah that's like a really big theme i i mm-hmm. think that like if you took like the tragedy away from anakin like anakin throughout everything is like still very angry Um, But, like, on the surface is kind of, like, you know, that playful, energetic type of guy. I would say Voss, like, is that. Like, without that underlying tragedy. Um, Like, he is just... He's a Jedi. He's having fun. He loves what he does. Um, He doesn't necessarily think super in line with a lot of, like, what the Jedi does. But, like, he's kind of doing his own thing. Um, I still haven't seen the episode of The Clone Wars that he's in. I know it has to do with the Huts and (laughs) Obi-Wan. (laughs) <laughs> but I still haven't seen it. Um, 
But because I haven't seen it, I am able to picture Voss as Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's the look. That is the look. And then he's got a yellow tattoo across his eyes. The Bandit King. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So jot that down. (laughs) This is what we're doing here. Hot. (laughs) Very hot. Very hot. Love me some Voss. But Obi-Wan knows that Voss can't do it alone, that he's going to need help from somebody who has tried to kill Dooku before. And that is Asajj Ventress. Yeah, so the council basically sets these two up. (laughs) (laughs) I I wonder, I don't know if I flagged it. Obi-Wan, I have the meet cute flagged. Hold on. Like the flirt, the thing about about Obi-Wan. Yeah, Yeah, Obi-Wan's like, oh, (laughs) where Anakin says something about them flirting when they fight. Yeah, like... (laughs) He's trying to, so, like, Obi-Wan is trying to tell Voss, like, how to approach Ventress. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, don't tell her that you're a Jedi. Like, don't tell her, like, this is what you're doing. Like, just try to get her trust, whatever. And he's like, she likes to banter. You you wait, I I have it. Um, It's banter. And then then you flirted with her. (laughs) And And then he's like, Come on, come now, Voss. You can't tell me you managed to go undercover in all sorts of shady places without flirting yourself. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. And, like, I love this because, so, like, when I read it the first time, I, I didn't really know exactly who Ventress was. Like, I, I knew of her because of her look. It's so distinctive. But I didn't know her story. And, like, she, you know, she was a night sister, and then she was like, taken away as a slave, and then found by a Jedi, and then, you know, trained, but then her master was killed, and, like, she's been through so much, and, like, almost became a Sith, and then left the dark side. Yeah. She's been through a lot of things, and, like, she knows who she is, she knows who she's about, she doesn't take any crap from anybody, um, and, like, yeah, she knows that she can use her sexuality to her advantage, and she does flirt and banter and all of this, and it's hilarious, because when Voss meets her, she is so over it. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. Because <laughs> he puts on this big show for her, like, look, I'm the tough guy kind of thing. He's like this annoying puppy that keeps yeah. popping up. She, she's like on a bounty assignment and he just like keeps showing up and like messing it up. Gets and he's like, come on, we're a team. She's like, we're not a team. <laughs> <laughs> I just love And she calls him the idiot and it's always capitalized. Every time she says it, it's it's so cute. <laughs> I love them. It's just great. It's it's the immediate OTP of the sunshine one and the doom and gloom one. How could you Very. not stand? Early on, we do get a little bit more insights um, into their relationship. So they start working together. Ventress slowly kind of opens up and starts to trust Voss. And on page 62, so still pretty early in the book, it says... Most of her life she had been with someone, only to inevitably lose them in the cruelest of ways. They had loved her, and they were slain. So everybody that she's ever felt akin to has left her, has betrayed her, has died, like something horrible. But then with her relationship with Vosh, she said it was a relationship that was unique in her experience, before the roles of both parties had been clearly defined as master and servant. 
It wouldn't last forever. None of her relationships did. But for now, Ventress decided she would enjoy the ride. They were equals. That's very clear. Like, this is the first relationship she's ever had where she feels like she is equal with them. She also kind of reflects again, like, when she's thinking about her relationships and all of this. Um, Voss is trying to get her to open up. And she says this amazing line about um, what's worse, to have unhappy stories or to have no story at all. And this is something that Voss thinks about a lot. Yeah, because he he grew up in the temple. He doesn't remember any other life. He mentions, like, arriving at the temple earlier than most, even. Mm-hmm. And... And that and that's something that he like struggles with a lot because as he's getting close to her, he is kind of being pulled between being honest and truthful with her, but also obeying the Jedi mm-hmm. and doing what they want him to do because he feels like he owes them something. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that like in this scenario she's meeting like she has a very unhappy story. Like she at this point in her life um, the Night Sisters have already been massacred. Her master was killed right in front of her. Dooku betrayed her. She's been through so much. And Voss doesn't really have a story. Like, he was just, yeah. you know, taken to the Jedi and he was trained as a Jedi and that's what he is. Um, it, it made me think of Ben Solo and Rey because yeah. I would say that Ben has had an unhappy story and Rey didn't have one. Um, for a while like she he just wanted to be no one and it's it's kind of interesting when you put it in perspective like that mm-hmm. I like I mean we we've been talking about this privately but the idea that Ventress is like this Ben role and that Voss is this Ray role and like how they're equals with each other and they find the balance within each other yeah, that that's a big theme of this book. We're we're probably gonna talk about it more too because um, Dark Disciple is kind of like a one to one for what would have been really great to see in Tross. But this story is about balance and like these two sides coming together because like the Jedi recognize that like they can't take out Dooku on their own. Ventress hasn't been able to do it on her own, so they kind of have to come together. And as we're going to see, like, there is a balance to be struck between using the light and the dark. And that's what this book is trying to explain. And Mm -hmm. it shows what happens, like, when you find that balance, too. And Ventress has become very good at it. Yes, Ventress is very good at using both sides. So kind of like leaning into that um up until this point it's mostly just been like Voss and Ventress like they're kind of being bounty hunters together he's trying to like gain her trust she still doesn't know who he is he checks in with Obi-Wan every so often but one of their missions goes completely sideways everything goes wrong uh they were trying to save um this family from the Black Sun Syndicate and they succeed barely um, only to have the Black Sun show back up and for it to have meant nothing in the end. Yeah. Um, this hits Voss very hard. Mm-hmm. This being all for nothing. And then this is also around the point where 
he tells her that he's a Jedi. Yeah, it, it's um, it's a really cool scene. Like they're all mm-hmm. they're in this bar together, and Voss is just like drinking. Yeah, because <laughs> he is so upset, and like it, he even like he hits the table, and he's like overcome with this like, you know, we're supposed to be helping people. We're supposed to be doing things that matter, but because of this war, like things keep getting in the way. And he relates it back to the Jedi in the war because he says, like, with Dooku gone, the Jedi could really help people again, really do something that makes a lasting difference. And so I think, like, that's why he he decides to tell Ventress, like, the truth. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, we need to start putting an end to this war. Like, I I can't keep watching this type of thing happen. Because that's what started it all, right? Like, at the beginning of this book, like, that massacre... Like, the Jedi are seeing that, like, this war has no end. Mm-hmm. No matter what they do, they can save someone, but then five minutes later, that entire planet could be blown up or that civilization could be burned down. Yeah. At the same time, though, like, even though the Jedi are starting to recognize this, I would still say that, like, they've still completely lost their way at yeah. this point. I I started to notice as this book was going on that I think Obi-Wan is the last one left that is what the Jedi are supposed to be, but he exists within a failed system. Yeah. Because, like, Mace is the one who's like, we need to assassinate, we need to, you know, execute people, we need to do this, we need to do that, and, like, I just kept thinking, like, if Mace was in charge, like, the Jedi would be unrecognizable. Mm Mm-hmm. But even Yoda is so easily swayed in this book. He just doesn't do anything. Like, and this is what irritated me with the prequels as well. And so I love that this theme is carried over. Like, so many times, like, Yoda knows, like, when something is wrong. Or, like, this could be a dangerous path. Like, even when the assassination is brought up, he says, like, often small a small step, the first step down the dark side path. I don't, I'm not sure how he worded it. Um, but, like, he, he knows that, like, this could go badly, but he just kind of lets it happen. He's a bit of a passive leader. So, Ventress, when she learns about this, and she kind of already knew that Voss was a Jedi. Like, she knew something was up. Um, she decides to take him to Dathomir to teach him about the dark side. Because she says that Dooku can only be killed by somebody with hatred in their heart. Which is obviously pointing to Anakin. Um, But what's interesting to me is that, and I wonder if you'd picked up on this too, does she seem pretty reluctant when Voss tells her that, like, the mission is to kill Dooku? Yeah, I think that she's kind of tired. Yeah. She's kind of like, well... I've kind of moved into this new stage of my life as a bounty hunter and it's relatively comfortable and I'm kind of keeping my head down similar, I would say to like Jen Erso in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think like, you know, she has had to like reinvent herself again and again and she just can't escape this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I feel like she knows that, like, this isn't gonna go well. And I think that's why she takes him to Dathomir, because in her mind, like, if she can teach Voss how to walk that line, like she does, then maybe that would keep him safe. 
it doesn't seem like she has confidence that they can be successful in actually killing Dooku regardless. Yeah, I, I think she kind of knows that, like, it's it's pointless to try, but she still helps him anyway. Um, and she just, she seems very sad, like, the whole time they're on Dathomir. And, I mean, like, coming back to this place after, like, all of your sisters have been murdered. Mm-hmm. She, like, she's no, the... No, Marin yeah, is there somewhere. Still there somewhere. Um, <laughs> don't know where, but Marin is still hanging around. Um, but, like, it, it it's literally a graveyard. She is trying to teach him about, like, the dark side and all of this. And, like, Boss really starts to, like, sympathize and, like, um, her story starts to, like, resonate with him. Um, everything changed when that one mission went wrong. Like, even, like, them, they started to come closer together and all of that. But being on Dathomir with her really, like, changes a lot in him. Um, we'll talk about the kiss. But, um... <laughs> It says that the Jedi would never accept one of their own with a companion, let alone one who was a former Sith. When Dooku died, so would their connection. Voss would leave her, and she would be alone again. But then Voss tells her that maybe he wants to leave the Jedi. Like, maybe the things that he's been learning on Dathomir have changed his perspective a little bit. This is a Jedi theme. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Obi Wan went through this. <laughs> Anakin. Anakin. How many others? There's a there's a Jedi that has a baby. Yeah. It seems so clear that like that they're all they're all falling in love. They're all falling in love, and they're all secretly. Realizing, <laughs> they're all realizing that like it's not inherently like a bad thing. What's bad is like keeping it a secret and, like, letting that, like, resentment kind of yeah. Like, if all of them would wow. just, like, be who they are, it would be fine. Like, and, and further down in the book, when they do have to go back to the Jedi, and Voss is just, like, sneaking off in Coruscant to have, like, dates with Ventress, basically. How many other Jedi are doing the same thing? Yeah. I, honestly, like, I imagine probably quite a few. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're just not talking about it. And, like, you see how, you see what that does to, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship. Because they both have secret relationships. And they're just not talking about it. And it doesn't help. <laughs> it results in you going to a lava planet and hacking at each other with lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had to read this. So... When they're coming together, she's teaching him about the dark side, blah, blah, blah. Um, It says, there are other emotions the Jedi taught you not to use. Do you deny them as well? Boss opened his eyes, rich and warm and brown. He stared at her for a long moment. Then, with a sound of both desire and anguish, as if something had broken within him, he pulled her into his arms and kissed her. Wow. (laughs) The yearning. <laughs> it's all about the yearning. Yeah, the, the meme. It's all about the yearning. Yes, yes. They really come together here. And it's it's kind of amazing because, like, Voss is learning about, like, so many things about himself through, like, this dark side practice. And, like, Ventress is trying to show him, like, you have to walk that line. Like, you have to be able to pull on the dark side, but don't go too far or else you're going to lose yourself. And yeah. it just, it brings up so many things in Boss. 
So, Ventress talks about being reborn on Dathomir. Um, so she, you know, she was betrayed by Dooku, and she goes back home to her sisters to, like, try to get revenge and all of that. There's this, like, Night Sister rite of passage, um, and it says, this is where I truly left being a Sith behind, where I became a Night Sister. I was too old and experienced to call the Sleeper, so my initiation was somewhat different. I was reborn. I went into the water as a Sith and emerged a Night Sister. And he asks if it was by using magic, and she said some, but mostly by choosing to leave it behind and being willing to accept the love of my sisters. I want everybody to remember this because I have a headcanon about the end. <laughs> it, it comes back around. It comes It comes back around. I, I think it's really interesting, too, though, because it was her choice to leave behind, like, you know, that life of being a Sith and then since she left that behind, it allowed her to embrace the love of her sisters and to find that family again. Well, she chose love instead of hate. She did. That, and that, that comes back go. around. Yeah, she chose <laughs> love instead of hate, which it's not about fighting what you hate. It's about saving what you love. And Okay, this book preaches that. It preaches it. Like, if you don't understand this, like, read this <laughs> book. We mentioned the sleeper. Uh, mm-hmm. that's part of the ritual. So she has Voss undergo this ritual. Um, it's this ancient being. Kind of makes me think of, like, the Bendu, sort of. Yeah, I was kind of, it kind of reminded me of that and, like, the Purgles, even. Yeah. Like, these, like, cosmic beings. Almost. Yeah, it's so in touch with, like, the Force, and she wants Voss to kill it. Because if he can't kill it, then how is she supposed to... Um, how is he ever going to kill Dooku? Because, like, this being is, like, truly innocent. Like, it's only attacking because it's, like, is being attacked. Um, and this, like, it's very interesting for Voss to go through this. Because I don't think a Jedi has ever had to, like, go this far down this path. Um, it's a lot for him. Yeah, because, like, you have to remember, this is still part of the Jedi's mission for him. Yeah. Like, I I don't think the Jedi first saw, like, Voss having to do this, but, like, they set him on this path. Mm-hmm. Like, they... This is happening because they decided that somebody had to kill Dooku. And so now he's on this planet, like, infused with the dark side, like, killing this ancient beast and, like, allowing that to, you know, give him power. Um, and that's when we get the line where Ventra says, it's a delicate balance to strike, being free enough to feed from the dark side, but remaining your own master. So the ball. Glitz and glam. Yeah. Dresses. (laughs) Well, before the ball happens, they get a calm basically indicating where Dooku is at that moment. So they have a bit of an argument over whether they're going to go or not. Mm-hmm. Because Ventress thinks that Voss is still not ready. And he's like, no, I'm ready. And th- that's when he goes Themes. and he kills the sleeper. Themes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so they end up going. Ventress ends up giving in and says, whatever, we're going to go. But she still feels uneasy about it, which she feels uneasy the entire book. Yeah. Um. Well, because she knows so, that if if Dooku's involved, it's not going to go well. Yeah. But yeah, so they end up 
getting um they go to a space mall no not mall like a <laughs> like a boutique store <laughs> yeah um boss gets yeah. fitted for new pants <laughs> <laughs> and they buy dresses like i was yes the first time i read this i was like oh my god <laughs> christy golden always yeah because she's in inferno <laughs> squad too that's right yes a ball scene. Wow. Every good book has one. Lost yes. Stars has Lost one. Lost Stars has one. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to find, um, and there's always that, oh, I found it. So there's always that moment in books. Um, what the, I think of like the ball in Throne of Glass or in the Lunar Chronicles, like the Cinderella moment where the prince sees <laughs> her it, and he suddenly sees her in a new light. And even, so even in The Last Jedi, like Ryan Johnson yeah. almost put Rose in a dress and was going to have like that yeah. kind of moment. Yeah, the Canto Bite sequence was going to totally be like the ball moment. Yeah, and in a way, he still kind of did it because he put Rose mm-hmm. in the that First Order outfit. Um, yeah. And it was still, you know, like she still looked nice and she still looked different, but he, he just kind of toned it down. Um, but this goes like all out. This book <laughs> pulls out all the stops. Um, so Voss is... Um, struck a little speechless when he sees Ventress in her dress. Yes. <laughs> um, and he says in his mind, you look like a goddess of love and love, war, war and hope and, hope and, and ecstasy. <laughs> like a glimmering star that I have somehow been blessed to hold like the rest of my life. <laughs> this is so fluffy. <laughs> but oh all he says out loud is nice. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> he is so in love. Like, guys. <laughs> He's so in love with this girl. <laughs> but it all seems great because of this. Sunshine but actually, boy. everything falls apart at this ball. Yeah, everything goes wrong. Um, they get split up. Ventress ends up having to take off on her own. Voss is left behind. So right when they, they get split up, um, you know, like, they're in this ball, they're in this dining room, she's whatever, she's kind of reflecting on, like, Voss and, like, the relationship, and it says, but the look in his eyes was one she had never seen before. It had made her feel vulnerable, not merely desired, but truly seen, known, cherished. <laughs> and then, like, she she's thinking about how, like, Voss is, like, ready to leave the Jedi for her. And so she's like, you know, who would she be without a lightsaber or a false face? Would there be anything left of Asajj, of Asajj Ventress if she were to truly let go of hatred and instead accept what had shown in Voss's eyes, that she was loved for simply being? It's so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Um... Also, when they get separated, Voss gives, um, was it when they get separated that Voss gives her his lightsaber and tells her to keep it safe? Yeah. Uh, and lightsabers, okay, guys, lightsabers represent a Jedi's heart. Heart. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, the symbolism. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they get separated, um, and everything goes to shit because 
they they meet with Dooku and they try to fight. But the problem is, is that Dooku is like very good, and like I would say, like Palpatine's very good at this too. Like spinning lies and talking and like bringing up things that like make you feed on that anger and that hatred. So Ventress had been lying to Voss um, about how his master died. Um, his master was killed he thought by Dooku, um, which is kind of true, but was actually killed by Ventress herself. So Dooku uses that to kind of um, make Voss vulnerable and get him um, in a place where he could take control over him. And yeah. Ventress has to like leave. She runs away and she has to leave Voss behind. So Voss gets captured by Dooku. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ventress does say, like, I won't give up. I won't let him have you by the blood of my sisters. I swear it. Like, she's going to go back and save him. But Dooku really gets in Voss's head about, like, she was lying to you. She must have been yeah. lying to you the whole time. How could you trust her? This, that, and the other thing. Um, and we haven't talked about this, but Voss the has a... Psych- psychometry. Yeah, the psychometry. So it's it's also in um, Fallen Order. So when he touches something, he can, like, see its past and, like, feel the emotions. And he yeah he holds his master's saber and sees mm-hmm. Ventress kill him, and this like really messes Voss up. <laughs> How come the Sunshine Boy in the Night Sister Jedi ships always have that gift? <laughs> wow, they do, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> that's so adorable. It's to make him even sadder. It's to give the give you that angst. It's good angst. <laughs> Um, but, like, man, he is tortured under Dooku for a long time. Yeah. It feels like months. Like, how long is it really? It it is. It's months. It's months. Um, well, I, maybe not initially. Um, so Ventress does go back to try to save him. Um, she gets the help of bounty hunters, um, Boba Fett, people that she had worked with before. Um, they fail. They aren't able to get him out because he has completely fallen into the dark side. Like, he is, he is lost to it. Um, there is an amazing scene where they, like, meet each other and, like, Ventress is trying to help him and trying to bring him back. Um, what is that? Page 220. Ooh, I opened right to it. So she sees him and she says, in that moment, Ventress hated the dark side for what it and Dooku's torture had done to this man. And she says that he was everything, like everything to her. Like, this isn't who you are. Like, you're letting the dark consume you and take you over. Um, And she says, let's leave everything. Dooku, the Jedi, everything. We can go away together just like we planned, just you and me. And what does that sound like? Last Jedi. And Padme. Yeah. Well, I even messaged you when I got to that part, and I was like, um, excuse me? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot. And, like, she almost gets him because, like, he confronts her about lying and this and that, and she says that she was lying because she was afraid of losing him. Like, she was afraid that, like, if she told him, he would hate her, and she just couldn't bear the thought of, like, if he really knew her, he would hate her. Yeah. But she knows she like, identifies that that was wrong of her. Yeah, like, she totally sees now, like, she should have told him. And she knew yeah. even then that she should have told him. 
Um, because, she was scared, though. Yeah, she was so scared. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she admits that, like, I feel like we don't get to see that a lot. Like, this admission. No. Um, and she... Oh, God. She says, I was wrong. I am so very, very sorry. She stood her heart wide open, her soul naked before him. Surely he would see it, even through the darkness that clouded his mind. Surely he would understand what this meant. Quinlan Voss knew her in a way no one else ever had. He would see and understand. Yeah. It's it's so beautiful, like, the way that Christy puts these into words, the feelings into words, and, like, all that, like, inside stuff because it's it's sad that like the novelizations can't really do that at least especially like a lot of the reasons why the last jedi novelization potentially held itself back was because no one wanted to step on any feet like no one knew where the story was really going like jason fry wrote a great book Mm -hmm. but if it had been just a book just like on its own and it could have this kind of feeling to it it would just be so much better yeah because like you think about like if this were episodes like it would just kind of be them standing there staring into into each other's eyes like Vincent would still be crying or whatever yeah this is insight (laughs) that you get because it's from her perspective Mm -hmm. and that's something that is missing from the novelizations um yeah older novelizations have done it like I think uh Revenge of the Sith, everybody, you know, amazing book. That one does it really well. Um, I think it would be, like, this is never going to happen, but if, like, down the line, they just made, like, a legit novelized version of The Last Jedi, like how this is novelized versions of episodes, it would be spectacular. Well, I mean, we saw um, the original trilogy get kind of revamped novelizations. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if they were ever to do that in for, like, the 10th anniversary, 20th, 40th kind of thing, like, they could potentially do things like that because they know where the story's going. They could inject more Raylo into The Last Jedi knowing that they do, like, end up kissing in yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, we won't know, like, how they're going to handle that stuff, obviously, because it's too soon. Um, but, like, man, like, Dark Disciple just does it so well like you really feel it Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is it's so interesting because like I I just always think about back to that first time I read it like I didn't know who these characters were and yet I was so invested you know like it, it really goes to show you like with Star Wars I think sometimes they get really caught up in legacy characters um and like main characters that they don't explore these characters that like you've never met before and like that's why like lost stars is so good that's why inferno squad is so good because like you're seeing these characters that still exist within the story and you feel just as connected and invested to them and you're creating a clean slate for new fans Mm -hmm. you're creating new intro points yeah like the more like intro points you can have into a franchise the better Things that are just clean slates that anyone can jump into and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I could even say that Dark Disciple could be an intro point. It could, 100%. It 100% could, because, like, this book stands on its own, even if you haven't read The Clone Wars. Um, I think as long as, like, you are aware of, like, 
who, as long as you've heard of Star Wars, you're going to know yeah. some of the names. But, like, mm-hmm. say you really love, like, romance and, like, you know, YA or, like, new adult is, like, your jam and you find this book and you read it, this is going to make you watch The Clone Wars. And, like, the Ventress episodes, like, the Night Sister episodes are some of, like, really good Clone Wars because it gets real weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you imagine just, like, like meeting Ventress in this book and being, like, okay, like, I want more. There is more. Yeah, like, that's the there's great so thing. much more. And that's what people were saying, too. Um, this is a bit of a tangent, but, like, people were saying that about Solo, even, because Solo has Darth Maul at the end. And so, like, say yeah. that was your, not necessarily, like, introduction to Darth Maul, because, like, maybe you knew he was in episode one, but you're like, oh, he's not dead. There's so yeah. much Darth Maul stuff, and it's there were, so cool. Yeah, there were so many people asking me after Solo, like, wait, how is Maul alive? Yeah. And I'm like, well. It's like, can... well, here. <laughs> There's all of this. <laughs> it all started when Maul was in the trash with spider legs. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just wild. And so it it's such a cool entry point, and, like, that's going to take you to the Clone Wars, to the prequels. Like, it's it's really, really cool. Like, Christy Golden, oh my god, I Bringing love you. in new prequel fans is always a positive thing. Yes! Yes! The prequels are so good, guys. Good! They're so good! <laughs> We've had discussions about this, and I will say it, the prequel trilogy is the most connective trilogy it yes, is the most like seamless story told through three movies. Yes, maybe we need to do like prequel appreciation rewatch. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think we do because <laughs> it just like and like I I will admit to like some parts of those movies are not my favorite. They're long. No, of course Things not. Happen, but like some parts of those movies are my absolute favorite. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. They're great. <laughs> They're my favorite and, like, to watch with my cousin. Like uh. You tie it in with the Clone Wars. You tie it in with Master and Apprentice, uh, Queen Shadow. Like, you pull in those really good things. Like, uh, uh, Dooku, Jedi Lost. Like, that whole package That's altogether, so that prequel package is so strong. So, so good. Strong. And, like, I will say, like, they are building a pretty strong like rebels timeline um Mm -hmm. but it's not as interconnected with the ot as like the clone war stuff is with the prequels it's more like to the side like rogue one rebels it's like to the side mm -hmm. it's like they're their own bubble like it's rogue one rebels bubble fallen order Um, yeah but fallen order kind of bridges in the middle of those but um but then there's the OT that does, like you're saying, feel separate. Yeah. And then there's this Mandalorian slash Alphabet Squadron bubble. Yeah, Aftermath kind of in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And, like, right now the sequel trilogy feels kind of disconnected the way that, like, the original trilogy does. Which I think is mostly because, like... Even material that was coming out, like, again, like we said, couldn't step on any toes. The story wasn't done yet. So that that might change. Um, yeah. But the prequels are so interconnected. And it's very good. Like, we, like, just need to give prequels all our love. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Um, but back to Dark Disciple. <laughs> um, <laughs> tangent. <laughs> 
But um, so yeah, that first attempt did not go well. Um, didn't save Voss. He is like his eyes were yellow. Like he has fallen yeah. to the dark side. Like, and and we don't see that often. No. Like, you do not, like, see the yellow eye thing happen often because you don't see it in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, like, everybody talks about how, how like, dark Kylo Ren is, but, like, he does not it's have like, Sith eyes, so... He has the poles of the light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting because, like, like, we kind of said at the beginning, like, Voss was a different type of Jedi, and so, like, you could say that, like, oh, if you had had, like, a, mere pu- a more pure Jedi, would they have fallen? Like, if Obi-Wan had done, would he have fallen? Which, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Obi-Wan so would have fallen. Y'all need to read Stories of Light and Dark when it comes out. But anyway. Um, ah! Yeah, no, I'd, <laughs> it's a lot, girl. Um, but, you know, he was so happy and just this, like, happy-go-lucky Jedi. And, like, he fell hard hard very hard and like i i think that really speaks to like we are all capable of falling to the dark side but we are also all capable of coming back from it and that's something that the rest of this book is going to demonstrate and the jedi council don't get it um that's the problem like that's why remittance of the sith happens um i don't think episode nine got it um, no. But people working on Star Wars do get it because it's in this book. So the second time she tries to save Voss, she actually asks Obi-Wan for help. I loved that scene. You messaged me about that scene where she meets at the, the bar where Obi-Wan's supposed to be waiting for Voss. Like, it's it's so good. <laughs> Obi-Wan so knows. so sad. Ugh. Obi-Wan knows that, like, everything, like, things have gone wrong. Obi-Wan takes Ventress to the Jedi to try to, like, you know, hey, we need to do a rescue mission. We got to find Voss, whatever. Um, Between these two events, Voss has been with Dooku for months, it is said, because he starts, like, fighting in battles for Dooku. Yeah, and he's even on the holonet. Yeah. Standing behind him. Yeah. He, he's been with Dooku for a while. Um, so they need to go in and try to help him. Help him, And, like, Obi-Wan is still, like, very clear that, like, he can be saved. Like, he's not... Yeah. He's not far... He, like, mm-hmm. he can still be brought back. Um, and they do find him, and they do bring him back, and he seems like he's better, but Ventress, like, is adamant... That he She's is like, still no. gone. Like, he is still dark. Yes. But no one believes her. No one believes her. Because of course they wouldn't, right? Yeah, of course not. Like, why would they? Like, so many of the Jedi, like, Obi-Wan is the only one who takes her seriously. Yeah. They completely write off Ventress. Yeah. Completely. Because, like, I've said before, like, me comparing Ventress and Ben Solo, like, can you imagine Ben comes back to the resistance and he is like this is wrong you guys need to help me and they're like well no you're you're kylo ren we're not going to trust you yeah yeah well like and ventress even when she's in the jedi council like she talks about like everybody has a hand on their weapon except for obi-wan nobody trusts her yeah and i um to that point like before they go and save him 
um, you know, he's talking about, like, we could bring him back. There's still hope in him. And, like, Fentress is, like, pretty sure she's, like, you don't know that. Like, you weren't there. You didn't see his face. Like, you don't know how hard it is to come back. And Obi-Wan says, you did it. And Ventress, like, I love this. It says, Ventress paused mid-sentence, her eyes looking piercingly into his. He could sense how stunned she was by his recognition of what she had done. Like, had anybody ever acknowledged the fact that no. she came back from the dark side? No. Because all of the other Jedi still call her a Sith. And she's not a Sith anymore. Obi-Wan's a good boy. He's such a good boy! <laughs> so many bad things happen to Obi-Wan. He's such a good boy. <laughs> oh, oh my god. But they go and save him, and she knows, like, it's... She knows that it's not him. It's something still wrong. And I love this line. It says, um... Where is it? It's It was not her job to save the Jedi from their own blindness. Because, like, here's the thing. None of the Jedi, none of them, sense that there is still darkness in Voss. And that's a problem. Because <laughs> they're supposed to know these things, but they don't sense it. And like They're not aware. They're not aware. It's the same way, like, they're, they're very not aware of Palpatine or anything. Yeah. <laughs> they're very concerned just with themselves. And they're like, oh, he seems fine. It's fine. But, like, the Force is failing them. Because they're like, well, I didn't sense anything in the Force. And yet Ventress well, it's knows. it's the same, like, how Anakin is a married man. And, like, <laughs> no one's really aware. <laughs> but, oh my God. like, I mean, Obi-Wan is, like aware there is something yeah and like this book obi-wan's the only one that's somewhat aware so i want to i want to talk about anakin for a minute because anakin's a- really dumbass in this He's book so dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> i um, like extremely <laughs> i always forget how like dumbass Anakin is and then like I'm reminded that he's like it makes me love Vader even more because like Vader is this like dumbass sad boy (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but there's a scene when Anakin's actually talking to Padme about what's going on so like they've already brought Voss back and he talks about you know like Voss Voss does seem kind of distant and this that and the other thing and like He's such a hypocrite, and, like, he kind of realizes this, because he's talking about, like, how could Voss be in love with Ventress? Like, that can't be a thing. And, like, Padme's just looking at him, like, are you serious? (laughs) It's such a funny scene. But at the end of it, like, he... Where, where does it start? It's like, a Jedi isn't supposed to have attachments, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but it's different. We're different. We're in love. And Padme's like, yes, we are. But maybe they are, too. And, like, Anakin doesn't think Ventress is, like, capable of that, whatever, whatever. Besides, she's the one who took him to the dark side in the first place. Padme shrugged. Stranger things have happened. And maybe if she loves him, she's his way back from that. Padme, the intellectual, (laughs) intellectual. once again. Oh, my God. Like, ooh. It's so good, Mm -hmm. and it's so pointed. It hits so hard. (laughs) I just, I felt that. I felt it. (laughs) So they go on, like, some other missions. Um, It's being slowly hinted at that, like, there is a mole within the Jedi. It seems like 
Dooku still knows things. Voss is still weird. Voss has secret dates in gardens with Ventress. Like, let me just... Talk, yeah. Like, Ventress talks about how, like, she's always been somebody who's been on, like, level 1313, 13, like, way down beneath, or, like, in this wasteland of Dathomir. But, like, whenever she's with Voss, they meet mm-hmm. in this, like, wooded garden area. Yeah. But at this point, she's been pardoned. Yes. From all of her, like, all of her past, like, doings from the Jedi. So I imagine it's safe for her to, for her to be up. Yeah. But she does feel weird. Because she's like, I've never been part of this world. Like, Mm -hmm. she's always been underneath it. And the other thing is, like, now things are, quote, unquote, back to normal. She's asking him, like, why are you still with the Jedi? Like, I thought we were going to run off together. And he's like, well, I I just want to, there's a few more things I want to do before we do that. So that's when they start discovering there's a mole and they realize it is Voss. Yes. Before that happens, though, like when she's confronting him about like, why haven't we run away, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's she been very distant from him because she she feels she's like, this isn't the Voss I knew. Like, there's something wrong. Like, she knows it in her bones. And I do think it's funny because I think it might have been Anakin, which is hilarious coming from Anakin. Um, but it says like, she was blinded by love and I'm like Anakin come on (laughs) like really um you're saying that you're saying that really um but she it says she looked him dead in the eye extending her feelings into the force there was still darkness in him but it was different it was human what she would expect from anyone who had been tortured emotionally and physically what she would expect from someone whose heart was breaking like at this point, Voss is... This is what we're going to learn about Voss. He is still dark. He is still working for Dooku. But yeah. not because he's, like, Dooku's apprentice, but because he wants to get to Sidious. He thinks that if he yeah. can get to, like, the root of it, he can be set free. Like, him and Ventress can finally be yeah. free. And he's also sort of lying to himself, too. Yeah. And... And so that's how he's masking the darkness. Because at that point, Ventress isn't feeling the same darkness that she did when they returned him to the temple. Yeah. She's like, he sort of seems like sort of back to normal. But in, in, and later we find out it's because he's masking it. Because he himself thinks he's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Which I see a lot of Anakin in this. Because, like, yeah. he wanted... You know, he wanted to use Palpatine so that he and Padme could be free. Um, it was, it's the same, it's the same thing. Um, you can't say that of Ben Solo because he didn't go to the dark willingly. It didn't have something he needed. It was just the only choice he had left. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's the difference. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that. Um, but that's the seduction of the dark side it it tricks you into thinking that like i have something that you need you need me in order to like finally be free that's part of like the sith code like through my power my chains will be broken something like that um so that's what Voss is going towards and like he still wants that future with ventress it's just that it's being twisted by that power that the darkness is giving him um when the Jedi discover this, that Voss is still dark, the way they discover it, so 
like they knew that there was a mole um and they started to wonder if maybe it was Foss because he was kind of like their right place, right time kind of thing. Um, Yoda actually looks into his soul. Like it says that like that's something that Yoda can do. Like he can look into your soul and he sees the darkness there and decides yeah. that Voss is too far gone. He immediately writes him off. He's like, oh, he's too far gone. We can't save him. That is very Yoda of him. Yeah, and I was just like, really? You can see into somebody's soul far enough to see the darkness, but not that nobody's ever really gone. Yeah. Is that a species thing? Can baby Yoda look into people's souls? I, sure. I I feel like he has to. He has seen Mando's soul. He knows he is daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, Obi-Wan is, like, on the floor, like oh my god, Ventress was right and we wrote her off. Yeah. Like, he he says that, like, she who had danced with the dark side, she was the only one to recognize he was consumed, um, and now he, like, truly believes that, like, Voss and Ventress are, like, mm-hmm. truly in love, and, like, she was right all along. Yeah. And then the solution that they come to is to not let Voss know that they know. Yeah. They send him on another mission as a test, basically, to see what he'll do. If he'll complete the original mission and kill Dooku or not, basically. Well, that was the compromise, because Mace Windu... Good wanted old, to execute yeah, him. Yeah, good old assassination. He was like, well, <laughs> let's just kill him. Like, we, we can't have loose ends. We're just gonna kill him. And Obi-Wan's like, no! <laughs> like, red flags everywhere, alarm bells... Obi-Wan is, like, so, like, grasping at straws, trying to think of anything to not, like, have him be executed. And that's when we get, like, I posted this on Twitter and everybody freaked out. But Kenobi's like, don't you see? He's as much a victim as anyone. You know what Dooku did to him. The man was tortured, forced the dark side. He can't be held completely responsible for what he's done. Like, hello. Star Wars, do you remember that you wrote this? Yeah, Star Wars, do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, JJ and Chris Terrio don't know how to read, so... <laughs> but, they only know how to read the the EU books. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this was the compromise. They're going to send Voss on his original mission, and if he kills Dooku, great! If he yeah. doesn't, well, then we'll just kill everybody. But and they then- also send Anakin, Obi-Wan... To watch. Desh yeah. to watch. Yeah. And their orders are... To kill anyone who gets in the way if things go south. And, okay, I highlighted this because of dumbass Anakin. But when they get on, when they when they get on to, like, into Dooku's place, Anakin says, why does Dooku have to be so tidy? <laughs> oh, my God. And Kenobi says, cluttered room, cluttered mind. <laughs> I love it. It's so... The sass... God, the sass in the prequels is, like, unparalleled. I love it so good. Oh, man. But, yeah, everything goes wrong again because Voss is like, ha-ha, I was working for Dooku this whole time. And Voss brought Ventress because this was going to be his endgame. Like, I'm going to use this to finally, you know, get... Like, I'll get rid of Dooku, I don't need him, I'll get to Sidious. But then Dooku's like, haha, but you need me to introduce you to Sidious. And Boss is like, damn it, I'll take you with me. Um, and, like, 
I love this because what ends up happening is like Foss and escapes with Dooku. Like he's protecting and him. And Ventress. And Ventress. Ventress is their getaway driver. And so Ventress is left like looking at her life and she's like, I'm now trying to save the person who betrayed me and left me for dead and who I've tried to kill. And like she knows she's like, this is not right. And like she she knows too, she's like the way Voss thinks they're going to be set free isn't going to happen. Um, it's just all going wrong. It's all falling apart, like, right in front of her. I love this line from Obi-Wan. He's just realizing, like, you know, I can't believe the Jedi want me to kill all these people. And, like, this is all going so wrong. And it just says... The still small voice would not let Obi-Wan be. It kept brushing his thoughts, gentle but persistent. Which part, he wondered, killing all three of them, even Ventress, who tried to help, executing Voss without a trial, sending Voss to assassinate Dooku? Like, it, everything's gone wrong, and he, he knows it. He recognizes this, and I think he feels a little hopeless. Yeah, because he did point out a lot of things. He he listen. suggested Voss too. Like it it all came back to that and I think he's he's really feeling it. This to me like more than anything like really informs like Obi-Wan take like becoming that hermit on Tatooine. And his guilt. Yeah, he just lives with his guilt for so long. Guilt. Yeah. It's it it makes me sad because like I I don't like Obi Wan in the original trilogy um, because of him like saying to Luke like you have to kill Vader and this and other thing because the way he's been developed I just don't think that fits anymore. Um, but it is he's a really interesting character because so many things have happened to the people he loved and he feels very guilty about it because he was complicit. Mm-hmm. During this escape attempt, um, this is when the big thing happens. Ventress is gets some insight from the the Force. She kind of sees the direction of things, how things could go. Like she could help Voss, you know, become super dark side, um, and things could go a certain way. But she just knows that like they're never going to be free, um, and she makes her choice. And she sacrifices herself to save Voss, literally and figuratively. Literally gets in the way. She literally gets in the way. It's, oh man, like her telling him, like, what kind of life would that be? The kind where we're slaves to our hatred, our rage. That's not what the dark side, that's what the dark side made me. That's what it does. Nothing is ever enough. Like... She she just knows, like, this isn't the way. And, like, she sa- she sacrificed herself to save Foss from making this choice. Like, he was going to be completely lost to the dark side, and instead she, like, sacrifices her life to save him from that. Yeah, love over hate. Yeah, love over hate. Because after that happens, like, Voss is, like, super upset and all that, and... This is, like, straight out of Tross. Um, this is the Count uh, still smiled, still anticipating the final step that would turn Voss um, to the dark side, meaning, like, go ahead, kill me, let your hatred, you know, overwhelm you, overwhelm you that kind of thing. Um, but Voss says, I am not your kind. 
I do not feed off vengeance. Truth was quiet. It did not need to shout or demand. It simply existed. I am a Jedi. And so Voss doesn't kill Dooku because that would have made Ventress's sacrifice be in vain. Yeah. A lot of this message is sort of the same message as the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Like, don't like don't kill Palpatine with your hate, right? Like that it's like very similar and like even Ray says I am all the Jedi and and Voss says I am a Jedi. Voss even crosses um, his lightsaber. <laughs> crosses his lightsabers like Ray. There are similarities here, but one hits a lot differently. It yeah, one hits so much differently. Um and like we knew like you know going into this book like Dooku's not going to die because he dies in Revenge of the Sith. Um, Anakin kills him. Um, So, like, he's going to get away. We all know this. But it's still that choice that Voss made. Like, the choice was still had so much weight to it. Um, And, like, Ventress allowed him to make that choice. Um, But she's dying. um, And he, like, holds her. And she says, you chose loving me instead of hating him. She said, remember, you always have a choice to be better. You always have a choice to pick the right path, even if that choice comes a little late. That is, like, that is Star Wars to me. That, yeah. Like, and I think that the Star Wars, that, that quote, a lot of people that are upset with The Rise of Skywalker kind of believe in that, in that ideal and that a lot of us feel like the Rise of Skywalker doesn't understand that. Yeah. Well, it in Resistance Reborn, that's a quote in there, too. Um, mm-hmm. A choice to be better. Um, it's never too late to make that choice. And, like, Ventress, like, it, it was, it, she lived up to that. It was never too late mm-hmm. for her to make the right choice. Like, she said the, vo- the Force had never spoken to her. And yet in that moment, it showed her what she needed to do. Like, it moved through her. And so she was able to save Voss. I was going to say, if you think about that in in terms of the way that Charles Soule does from the interview MC conducted, yeah, where he says that that the force basically chooses people, and you are a vessel of that force. And his head is Ventress, that vessel, and she's just the force is using her in that moment giving her information to make that sacrifice i guess you could argue that but why yeah no i agree with you yeah no but i'm trying to like think about like that other perspective the other side of it because in a way like the force marked her and because it moved through her she she died like she paid the price for it because that that was his argument like if you are if if you have like a destiny in the force like things are not going to go well for you um, but it didn't feel like a bad thing in the book. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was the right thing. And, like, Ventress knew it was the right thing. Um, and I, I do think you can draw, like, a parallel to, like, Ben, you know, giving all of his life to save Rey. I, I do think there is a parallel with that. But the difference here is the grieving. Yeah. The last chapter. Yeah, the last chapter. Because in The Rise of Skywalker, there is no grieving. <laughs> like, he dies, and then Rey leaves, and that's it. Um, but in this, like, you 
feel the weight of Ventress's death very heavily. He, so Voss brings her body back to Dathomir, back to where she's from. Mm Mm-hmm. And, but in The Rise of Skywalker, we have this weird scene where she goes to Tatooine and and that has no relation to Ben. Yeah. So that's why it, it feels so clunky, I think. Yeah, it, it feels clunky. It doesn't it doesn't match up. Like the death I feel like the death of Ben in The Rise of Skywalker is not treated as the tragedy that it is. Um yeah. whereas in Dark Disciple, you know, like Ventress was like a bad guy. Um and it, it's treated as such a tragedy. Like, Voss is, like, screaming. Like, anytime they ask him about Ventress, he just, he just keeps saying, like, she saved me, she saved me. Like, he's he's completely shattered. Um, Obi-Wan, like, even steps up to speak um, for Voss and Ventress because, like, he trusted her, he believed in her. It, he's trying to tell the Jedi, like, what she did and, like, why it was so important. And it says, you misunderstand, Master Windu, all of you. She didn't just save his life, she saved Quinlan. And I believe she may have saved us as well. We lost Mm -hmm. our way. We lost it when we decided to use assassination as a practice um, so clearly of the dark side for our own ends. Well-intentioned though it may have been, all that's happened since, all of this can be traced back to that single decision. I submit to you that Voss's fall was of our own making, and Asajj Ventress's death is on all of our hands. Like, that, the, oh god, it feels so good. It's so validating to have that be said. mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people criticize the end of this book, like, ends in atonement by death. But if it wraps up so much differently than The mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, because I get it. Trust me. I hate atonement through death. But I, I also think that Asajj Ventress had been atoning. like Yeah, that in this entire time, the entire book. The, the entire previous. book. It, it was all yeah. leading up to her making this choice. Um, because like I, I don't think it was handled well... Um, spoilers um it wasn't handled well in the black spire book um it's not handled well in like the rise of skywalker like it's just so different here um and like Mm -hmm. the care like like you said like they they take ventress back home to dathomir to bury her but i i do think that the way it's worded it leaves it open for her to not actually be dead Agreed. Yeah. Because of where she is left at the end. Yeah. Cause, so, like, you know, we talked about the being reborn thing. And um, the pools on Dathomir. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's where they lay her to rest. Like, they lay her to rest in the pools. Um, and when, like, she goes in, like, the water changes color. Um, like, the tendrils of mist rise up. Uh, it's green like the waters of life and then they hear um, whispering from the other sisters and like they're all saying you know sister like you know she's come home to them Asajj Ventress at last had come home oh god that's how the book ends yeah that's the final line just the way that it's worded like I honestly think you could argue that Ventress gets reborn again um, even if, like, that wasn't the original intention, like, they could go back and say that, like, 
she was resurrected because you never see them leave. There's nothing else about it. Like it's open if they wanted to go back and change it to make it so that she was alive. Yeah. I think she's been through enough. So if she does come back to life, I just want her to be living a happy, quiet life with Voss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And people and and people have indicated that they think Voss has survived 66. Yeah. Which is interesting um because we mm-hmm. haven't seen anything else from him. Um which again like tells me that like if they wanted to go back and alter that, they very easily could. It's very open. Um, because with Star Wars, like, no one is ever gone. Like, you can chop yeah, somebody in Maul. half, you can throw them down a pit, and they're gonna come back. <laughs> Maul, Maul, Maul. Maul, Palpatine, somehow Palpatine has returned. <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't even yeah. have to explain it. <laughs> it just happens sometimes. Yeah. No, no explanation needed. No explanation needed. It's Star Wars, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> um, but that is Dark Disciple. Where would you rank this in your Star Wars books? Top three. <laughs> top three? What else is in your yeah. top three? Lost Stars, Inferno Squad. Yep. <laughs> we are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> so Christy Golden has two spots up there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, n- n- no kidding, my favorite Star Wars books are Christy Golden and Claudia Gray. Yeah. Like, even like past top three, like I bet you they're all they're just them. yeah. I have a I have a lot. I think like the only yeah. one that isn't like a novelization or by Claudia Gray is the Jen Erso book Rebel Rising. Yeah, because that one's really good. It's oh God, this book is just amazing. When did it come out? Two thousand fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Wow. So like this is one of the first things that the Disney acquisition. Yeah, it came out the same year as Lost Stars. Yeah. So, like, can you imagine, like, 2015, Lucasfilm Publishing was hitting it out of the park. And, like, I'm sorry. Like, you start off your, you know, your publishing cycle with Dark Disciple and Lost Stars, and then you want to tell me that Tross was the intended ending all along. And then, and, and Force Awakens comes out that year. Yeah. It's, man... It's really something. Like, this book makes me think so much. Like, this is why I went ahead and read that Clone Wars anthology, because, like, I just wanted mm-hmm. more. And it gave it to me. Like, it, yeah. it hit exactly what I wanted to hit. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, the Obi-Wan story is so good. The Ventress story is so good. Um, it makes me want to watch more Clone Wars. Like, I still haven't yeah. seen all of the Clone Wars. I'm just racking my brain, because these two books that have opposite sides of the war romance basically come out when the force awakens comes out and there's all this imagery in the force awakens for raylo okay the last jedi then comes out and it's like hardcore raylo but it gets a lot of backlash and that's when you start to wonder like is that where things turned I think so. I think anybody who says that, like, Raylo wasn't planned from the beginning, like, just doesn't realize that all of this other media that's out there. Um, And I hate that they let fan reaction dictate that. Um, I know there are people who like The Rise of Skywalker. And, like, I'm so sorry to those who listen who, like, who like The Rise of Skywalker. Um, But it, it just doesn't fit. 
And, like, when you look at stuff like this, it's really hard to reconcile that, like, The Rise of Skywalker and Dark Disciple are both Star Wars. Because, <laughs> like, the themes just aren't the same. Yeah. It's so good, though. I, I really do think, after reading it this time, like, Ventress yeah. is definitely one of my favorite characters, for sure. I think we both really recommend, even if you have read it and it's been a while, reread it. Yeah. <laughs> it really, like, made me feel really good about Star Wars, even though the end is sad. Like, I cried through the entire last chapter, but I felt, like, that, like, it's love hopeful, that though. I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hopeful. And, like, we talked about this privately. You could reskin Dark Disciple and it could be episode nine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's very, very good. So if you've read it, if you haven't read it, just reread Dark Disciple and you'll, like, you will say thank you to yourself for doing that. It's it's a really great thing to do. It's got everything you could possibly want. Um, and it's quarantine. So what else do you have to do, basically? Yeah. One other thing, overall thing that I love about this book is that there are time skips that I much appreciate because there would be other, there are other authors I will not name that have to go into detail about every little thing, battle, spaceship thing during, like, in, in those little blocks. But Chrissy Golden's like, no, we're going to do a time skip. And I'm just going to tell you about what happened in that time skip. Mm-hmm. There are action scenes yeah um, but they oh but they're not overdone they're not overdone they're easy to read yeah like since i've read this book before i did skim the action scenes this time um but i remember even like the first time those were not hard to read because like the beginning of inferno squad is a little bit of a drag um but like with this one i think it's really well balanced Mm-hmm. it's a very easy read i forgot how easy this book was to read yeah. And it's got something in it for everybody. Like, it's got the tropiness, it's got the goodness, but then it does have the action and all that. It's got the, the, the prequel morals. humor. Prequel humor. God, I love prequel humor. We have to watch the prequels. We're, that's, it's, you heard it here first, guys. We're watching the prequels. This is now a prequel <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Lipstick, lightsabers, and prequels, and sand. God, uh, God I love sand. <laughs> and pears. Pears. <gasps> pears. <laughs> Um, but next time we are most likely going to be discussing Shadowfall, so that new Alphabet Squadron book that came out today. Um, we're hopeful, but we're leery. Hesitant. Hesitant. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, <laughs> not quite sure what to think about it, but you know, hey, might be, might be something. You never know. Um, and before we go, just again, want to say, please send us your stories, guys. Um, if you decide to reread Dark Disciple, record your reaction and send it to us. That would make my day, like for real, for real. <laughs> I would love to hear that. But please send us your stories about how you got into Star Wars, anything that you want to talk about. Links for all of that are always down below. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at Carter Shannon. Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.